0: folks welcome back to culture dumps what will most likely be the final dump of the year of our lord 2023 i'm ryan lichton today i'm joined by james ford james shazam yeah (laughs) now james is uh one of the hosts of the stay in school podcast uh which is a podcast featuring one of the other uh friends of culture dumps eric d um thank you for coming thank you for doing this
1: thank you for having me
0: yeah 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 um So before we get started, uh, I want to say that our Patreon, we've been doing a lot of new things. I've been loading a lot of videos on there. I got a sweet VHS ripper, thanks to you subscribers. So we just put up the official Woodstock 99 tape, the one that uh, Epic Records released. And it's kind of like an alternative history to Woodstock 99. Like, it's like they weren't even at the same festival as the rest of everyone. Like, they <laughs> completely gloss over uh, all the bad shit. And we'll probably be doing some streaming stuff uh, in the coming year. So, you know, sign up to patreon.com slash dumps for that. But today, we're... Uh, there's going to be kind of uh, – I would say it's a quicker dump, but it's not because um, by the time I was done writing it, I realized it's just as long as the rest. It's just fucking boring because <laughs> fucking today's
1: topic is Ben Stein. Mm.
0: Yeah, and he is fucking boring, dude. Yeah. But well, that's well, his I thing.
1: Mean, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, yeah, of course, meant to be a boring guy unless – you talk about some of the controversies. Yeah. There, <laughs> yeah. Which, which we will get to, which are very not boring, I suppose. Just right. Introspectively. But yeah, like for the
0: most part, I'm like, dude, I had to watch a fucking Watergate documentary for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not our thing, <laughs> yeah. not our thing. Uh, but Ben Stein, you know, he was, uh, if you guys, he's, he's a very niche guy. Uh, he was really prevalent throughout the nineties and early two thousands and kind of fell off. Um, Got notoriety in the early 80s, but we'll get into it. So why is Ben Stein a dump? Well, Ben Stein is a dump because he is the ultimate combination of where are they now and why were they here? The man built a Hollywood career off of one brief yet iconic performance where he was essentially just playing himself. But the most interesting thing about Ben Stein isn't his acting or game show hosting or even his years as an eyedrop spokesperson, but rather his vast and highly publicized presence throughout the history of American politics and economics. Mm -hmm. The most dumpable thing about Ben Stein, however, was his unexpected fall from grace that continues to this day. Yes, there's going to be like for those of you that know who Ben Stein was, you're going to be like, what do you mean? Controversy. You must not follow politics. <laughs> you must be an uncultured pig, uh-huh. swine—the <laughs>
1: yeah. the worst of the worst. Yeah,
0: yeah, fucking go vote. Yeah, no. yeah,
1: loser nerd. So yeah,
0: I, I I aimed for this one to be uh, shorter, but it's not. It, it's it, so we're just gonna dive right in the origins of a nerd. So, Benjamin mm. Jeremy Stein, the man regarded as the most famous nerd in America, if not the world, was born to Herbert and Mildred Stein on November 25th, 1944, in Washington, D.C. Mildred. Mm, now it's getting
1: spicy. Yeah. Now,
0: now I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, you had me at Mildred. Dude, if a, if a Mildred had an OnlyFans, I guess she'll just accept baked Something goods. Something
1: involving milk, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So though born in Washington, D.C., Ben was raised in Silver Spring, Maryland. By all accounts, the boy had a lovely childhood, the kind of childhood that could be expected for the child of a politically connected upscale family. Ben's father, Herbert, was an economist who eventually went on to become the chairman of the President's Council on Economic Advisors. This is mm-hmm. so boring already. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you had you had my interest, you had my attention at uh, Mildred. You had my yeah. interest at Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben's father, uh, as well as Ben, they're considered
0: legendary humorists in the world of economics. Again, how fucking boring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like they're very well versed in all things economy, right? But they're they're silly. So they, they get this kind of upper level treatment uh, as far as public view goes because they you you want them to be around to tell you about economics even though all that shit is fucking boring, mm-hmm. dude. I regret doing this dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's let's keep going. Ben graduated from Montgomery Blair High School in 1962 and began his studies at Columbia University the same year where he earned a bachelor's degree in economics in 1964. He continued his studies in economics at Yale Law School, where he was voted valedictorian by his peers when he graduated in 1970. Now an unofficial or now an Mm. official doctor of law is what it's called. It was time for Stein to venture out into the big bad world of real life economics. And somehow during his time at Yale, Ben found another lifelong passion, the dramatic arts. While his legacy is highlighted by his work within economics, it would be his venture into the dramatic arts that brought him into the big bad world of culture dumps. Um, Fun fact Goldie Hahn went to that same high school. She graduated the year after Ben Stein. So Ben Stein was probably sitting in class with a big old nerd boner. Mm-hmm. So, oh, oh, that Goldie. Yeah, I, yeah. Can you
1: do a Ben Stein impression? Mm, Goldie Hahn. <laughs> More like stroke my John.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's not clever enough yeah. For, yeah. even for that <laughs> rhyme. But also, like, I like to think that maybe he had like a Van Wilder, like, kind of run at Yale mm. where it's like, oh, that Ben Stein, like you know don't leave your girlfriend with them he's mm-hmm. just like mm, so you're you here for studying
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah yeah i guess so he's the type of dude to like hit on goldie hahn be like yeah let's like i'll help you with my homework or something but then actually helps her with her homework yeah like- <laughs> yeah she's like so i mean like we could put down the books i mean why would
0: we put yeah. down the books we need them to study that's yeah. where all the information is <laughs>
1: yeah
0: Exactly. Now he was, uh, interestingly enough, he was active in the civil rights movement during college and participated in protests demanding equal rights for minorities, which is very interesting considering where his loyalties lie in the present day. But we'll get there. So post Yale, Ben's career was rapidly progressing. First, he became a poverty lawyer in New Haven, Connecticut. On his website, it's really funny because it hilariously says
1: he was a poverty lawyer. For poor people. I love that. That's that, that's, like, that's a good, that's a fun tag. Mean, like I'm
0: a criminal lawyer for criminals.
1: Yeah, whether or not he did that, do you think that was a, a purposeful thing? I think or... they're
0: expecting the dumbest people ever to be reading his bio, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and they yeah, need it yeah. spoon-fed
1: to them. Well, what's poverty? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Better oh, go take care of the pigs. For the poor people, that's me, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> he then went on to become a trial lawyer for the Federal Trade Commission for cases involving trade regulation. Despite these impressive additions to his resume, probably the most important and surprising was his next gig, presidential speechwriter for Presidents Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. Uh, And his website really wants you to know that he was not responsible for writing Nixon's line, I am not a crook. That Nixon yeah, that, spun that one off the dome.
1: That was every, everything I read is like that's always like a very prevalent footnote of like like warning. Did not write. I am did not, not a crook. write. Yeah. I am not a crook. Yeah, because you can't write that shit. No, no, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something you just can't write. Yeah.
0: Now Stein's time as a speechwriter for Nixon was plagued by one of the most notorious political scandals of all time, Watergate. Stein was even suspected by Time Magazine of being the infamous deep throat. Okay. This is where my research lapses, okay? I I learned a little bit about Watergate. So essentially what happened was there were some folks that broke into the Democratic Party's headquarters in Washington, D.C., took a bunch of information, and then it turned out... That these guys were hired by Nixon, or at least the Republican Party, and this is a perfect example of a scandal where you could describe it as like like two guys sitting at a table smoking with all the paperwork out there. Like, mm. This shit goes all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah, 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 it goes all the way to the top. Mm. And it,
1: it did, it did, it did. It did go all the way Quite to the top. Literally. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and deep throat, which, you know, the, get, they got the name from the famous porno film, uh, starting Linda Lovelace that came out right around this time. Uh, the plot of that film, by the way, is that a woman has her clitoris in the back of her throat and the only way she can achieve climax is by deep throating. Okay. Mm-hmm. But someone anonymously made a tip, like exposing the whole thing and now and the name given was deep throat but the thing with with that is we don't know if it's one guy if it's not this was a serious scandal the corruption of this it, i mean it speaks volumes to just where the country was at at the time we really i mean we've had like the the capital riots and things like that But as far as just, like, pure, like, espionage and, like, secrecy and stuff, Watergate takes the cake for the biggest, biggest one. Mm. Um, But you're not listening to that show. So we're going to move on. But he not only acted as a speechwriter, he also did legal work for Nixon during the peak of the Watergate scandal. And decades later, Stein would claim that he believed that Deep Throat was an invention of journalist Bob Woodward and that there were several sources responsible for leaking information regarding Watergate. Mm. His unrighteousness wavering support for Nixon would come up later in life during one of his many controversies we're yep. done with Watergate. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah well of course I mean he he was a uh, uh... People thought he was uh, Deep Throat for a little bit. Well,
0: or? so Time Magazine did a thing where it's like, who was Deep Throat? It, now yeah. we know who, who it was. It's Kurt Russell. but <laughs> yeah. Which is... It was Isaac Hayes. Yeah. Which
1: is with Goldie Hawn. Yeah. So I'm connected to So, the so if you bring here. it back yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, to 19... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you do. I invited a, uh, a a complete conspiracy theorist wacko on the show today. <laughs> yeah. So... As if being a combination lawyer and presidential speechwriter wasn't enough, Stein also began teaching. Stein has taught courses on economics, libel law, civil rights, and the political content of television and films, and it would be those courses that would eventually lead him to Hollywood. Uh, He taught at the American University in D.C., UC Santa Cruz, uh, Pepperdine, lots of prestigious places. and it's funny because what Ben Stein became best known for was his role as a teacher. And he, again, and I'll wrap this up towards the end, but he is known for being himself, but it's the himself that he was hired to be, not who he actually was. And that's the problem. So Stein made the move to Hollywood, California in 1976 and began working as a consultant for liberal screenwriters looking to write accurate portrayals of conservatives. His experience in the world of screenplays inspired him to write fictional works of his own. One of these works was the amazingly titled Ludes, A Ballad of the Drug and the Dream, which was made into the film The Boost in
1: 1988. Ludes. Mm-hmm.
0: I love the idea that this nerd is seeing all these cool guys do lewds in Hollywood and, like, and he's just like, well, I'll tell him how it really is. Like, as if he knows. It's like, what a weird night. Like, what strange 1970s fucking Boogie Nights chapter of Ben Stein's life are we not getting here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I know a thing or two about <laughs> yeah, Ludes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it sounds like they've been injected into you yeah. every time you fucking speak. <laughs> yeah, he's never not on heroin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, Ludes. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, dude. I mean,
0: yeah, I, but I, now, I, he's, he's doing it all. Yeah, now That's he's like, in a yeah. fanny, bro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the boost, the movie that Ludes, a uh, Ballad of the Drug and the Dream, was based on, uh, starred Sean Young, who could be considered a culture dump for her infamous. Uh, Appearance on a late night show dressed as Catwoman when she was denied the role of Catwoman in Tim Burton's Batman Um, and also James Woods, who I've brought up a million times for his role as Lester Diamond in Casino. Uh, he did publish his diary entries that he wrote during his first year in Hollywood. Uh that was the novel Dreams, spelled D R E E M Z. That's like a tag name.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you would yeah, see that yeah. graffiti on like a toilet. Yeah, I saw that uh on an underpass on the way here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <was> Ben Stein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I like the Montana spray <laughs> cans. They have a wide nozzle. They're the best. Yeah. Uh but Dreams was actually pretty well received by the New York Times. So he's you know, on top of being a teacher, being a speechwriter, now he's an accomplished author. It's pretty impressive, to be honest. Now, while consulting on screenplays involving politics or economics, an uncredited player in Ben's life had the bright idea to just place him in the scenes he was consulting for. His first role was the all but forgotten surplus salesman in the all but forgotten 1984 film, The Wildlife but it, was, it would be his next role that would bring Ben Stein in his signature monotonous delivery to the masses. That film was the 1986 smash hit Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is how everyone knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. And uh, so I watched this Oprah, where are they now thing with Ben Stein, and he talks about, like, so he comes to this audition, and they have him read off camera, and he's like, Bueller? Bueller. And the kids, the extras couldn't stop laughing. Like they were besides themselves. So they're like, okay, you're killing it. Let's get you in front of the camera. And then John Hughes, the director of Ferris Bueller's day off was like, I want you to just like teach a lesson, like something that you know really well. So according to Ben Stein, he decided to teach them a little bit about the depression, the great depression. <laughs> Cause he's like, he knew that yeah. like the back of his hand. So that's what you're seeing. You're That's improv that you're seeing on camera. And then, you know, Bueller and all that. and It just killed. And so they loved it. And uh, his appearance in Ferris, it was so bizarre, but it rang so true to so many. You know, like everyone can remember that teacher. You know, the teacher that doesn't give a shit that you're there, they're there cause they're getting paid and they have to give you this information mm. and that's it. That's it. There's no passion. This isn't like a fucking stand and deliver. Like how can I reach the kids? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. not that. Especially not Ben Stein. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> dude. Ben Stein never reached a kid. He reached four well, I mean, he women, four. but we'll get to that <laughs> yeah, he later. Four kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he became the go-to guy in Hollywood for boring roles. So some of his, uh, roles <laughs> that he had after this this is such this was so boring to write dudes i got i can't tell you enough uh so he had roles like wichita airport representative in planes trains and automobiles Public works official in Ghostbusters 2, Mm, professors and teachers in literally fucking everything in the 80s, Uh, a loan officer on Melrose Place, a bingo caller in The Rugrats. Uh, He played himself on the short-lived and I wouldn't say dumpable because it wasn't big enough, but the show Shasta McNasty. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't know about that, just look up Shasta McNasty. How could you not? And so many variations of doctors, lawyers, and, you know, on everything from the mask to son of the mask.
1: <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, my favorite Ben Stein role, uh, public works official. Number, yeah. <laughs> number two. Who yeah. could forget? I, yeah, the, <laughs> the quintessential role. And I was so glad they brought him back to reprise his role
0: on son of the mask. He's <laughs> yeah. starring Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, are you right. Fucking crazy. But seriously, his credits, they are out of control. He was everywhere in the 80s and 90s, but only for short clips at a time, which made him the ultimate, oh, it's that guy, guy, right? So aside from his roles in film and television, Ben Stein found great success as a spokesperson for several products and businesses, including Godfather's Pizza and Chips Ahoy. But none of his commercial spots were as popular or as long-lasting as his time as the spokesperson for Clear Eyes Eye Drops. For dry, red eyes, clear eyes is a hit. It removes redness and as an ingredient to moisturize.
1: Wow! Yes, classic, of course, of course. That's, so that's actually That what, sounds
0: like me getting home from school yeah. back in the day, like, clear <laughs> yeah. on. Seriously,
1: I mean, yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, unlike most people in this regard, but uh, that's ex- that's basically what I remember him from is the clear eyes. Do you like, remember he had the beach ball, and he would yeah. jump in the pool with yeah. it, and it'd come and out of his clear? it would come out white. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that product must work. Yeah. The ben, beach ball.
0: Ben Stein says so. Yeah. He's played a Did doctor you, on TV. Just look at the beach ball, people. Yeah. So. Well, the funny thing about Ben Stein is... Is that like, you know, we all know him as this nerd because of all his movies and stuff. And by the time he was the clear eyes guy, everyone recognized him. But what most people didn't know was that, no, like this guy had a real fucking background as a lawyer and a speechwriter for presidents. And he was really well versed in just like serious shit, as we say on this show, Mm. (laughs) because I don't know how else to describe it. (laughs) So Ben's public image was raised to its all time height. Uh, He was well-known enough to be given his own game show, a game show where contestants would try their hand at outsmarting the renowned economist in his own field of profession in an attempt to win a portion of his earnings. That show was Win Ben
1: Stein's Money. So I heard that it works. uh, He actually did have a portion, so they would pay him basically $5,000 per episode uh, and he would get to keep anything that the uh, contestants didn't win out of that five
0: thousand. Yeah, es- essentially, like there was a uh, there was a section of his pay that was allotted to him being able to lose it. Mm. So it's not like you were taking his money. And that's the big well, misconception. Yeah. Like, like, it's not like this guy had amassed a fortune mm-hmm. and you're trying to win it, which also like the stakes for that would be mad low. Like imagine if like they had like win fucking Jeff Bezos money. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, Okay. Like how much can I fucking win? <laughs> yeah. Like if I win like 10 grand, it's a piss in the
1: pool. Yeah. Win Epstein's <laughs> Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exa- yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so fucking fucked up. I love it. Uh, but yeah, so essentially there was five grand that you could win total and that was money worked into his check. So if you were an idiot and you went on that show and you made it to the final round and you lost, he got an extra five grand, but you stood the chance to win, you know, five grand. So Jimmy Kimmel was actually, uh, the host and they won three daytime Emmys for that show. It was vastly successful and comedy central. They had a ton of game shows at that time. They had, um, Oh, what was it? It was something about the nerds, like like Battle of the Nerds or something. Where, I, yeah, no, do you
1: remember or, that one? Yeah, I think Battle of the Nerds is a different one. That was like it was like, like an Fight an the IG Nerds track. or something. But basically, yeah, yeah.
0: you would you would come on this show and they would have a comic book guy, a music guy, and like a TV guy. Or every once in a while, they'd have a specialized guy that's like, oh, I'm just. Really into horror movies or something and you would pick what nerd you wanted to fight against or battle against and it was trivia. Um, yeah, Comedy Central was doing tons of game shows and people assumed, yeah, that Ben was rich as fuck because, you know, his all his appearances on TV and movies. But yeah, the money that they were competing for was actually self-contained within the show. Uh, that show mm-hmm. went on for you know to have two other hosts, and it was canceled in two thousand two after six seasons. The
1: last host that they had, I read also, was uh, Jimmy Kimmel's cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's now he's like started.
0: Jimmy Kimmel just couldn't be bothered. He's like, ah, oh, just <laughs> have my just <laughs> yeah, have fucking Marty come. Yeah, yeah, I know a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my cousin. No, my cousin will do it. Yeah, yeah. Though now more famous than ever, Ben Stein went on to host another Stein-centric show after Winston, Win Ben Stein's Money, called "Turn Ben Stein On," mm. which, as we'll find out later, isn't that hard to do. Uh, but but that, was, that was more of a loose format talk show, a la like Bill Maher's show or something like that, where he would have celebrities and comedians on to talk about quote the the issues. Uh, Aside from his own two shows, Ben made regular cameos on dozens of popular shows and even lent his voice to beloved cartoons such as Fairly Odd Parents*, King of the Hill, and Jimmy Neutron. Impressively, he was also releasing books during this time, many of which were economics-based or how-to books on financial investment. As the 2000s went on, he would pivot back mainly to teaching and writing, as well as becoming a regular talking head fixture on major news outlets. And this is where the trouble begins, and I want to say right now that many of Ben Stein's follies have to do with his political stance rather than moral stance, but some of his follies are absolutely based in morals, all right? And, you know, we don't take sides here, but some things are definitely beyond ignoring. Now, before we get to the good stuff, so to speak, I want to give a little more background on Ben Stein's writing career. See, besides writing a shitload of books like How to Ruin America, How to Ruin Your Financial Life, How to really ruin your financial life. (laughs) How successful people win. How to ruin your life. The capitalist code. It could save your life. Yes, you can supercharge your portfolio. And yes, you can get a financial life. Mm -hmm. Just to name a few.
1: It really paints a timeline. (laughs) Dude, these are all fucking shitter books. He also had a nice cookbook out. Yeah, <laughs> like, called How Not to Ruin Your Souffle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How to, and then he came out with How to Ruin a Casserole. Yeah. How to Supercharge Your Creme de, de la Creme. How to Supercharge yeah. Your Turducken. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was also a regular columnist for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and even Penthouse. What's he writing for Penthouse? You are spending a lot of money on pussy, yeah, 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 yeah. but you could be
1: investing in pussy. Mm. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. How to supercharge that ass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would be his rare combination of experience in the political and economic world and his celebrity that would bring him to many of the biggest news outlets in America. So... He lost his New York times column after becoming a spokesperson for FreeScore.com, which was a free credit score website. Nowadays, if you have a, if you have a bank account, chances are your bank provides a free credit score for you. Um, But this website was a total scam. Basically, you would have to enter in your credit card info and all that stuff for them so they could give you your score, right? Which made sense to people. Well, how could you know my credit score without my credit card info? Mm. What you didn't or what you weren't told was that after you got your credit score, then they would charge you for a credit report. And that's a fucking total scam. And so New York Times decided it was a conflict of interest to have their economist uh, also be hawking this crooked credit... Score shit. Mm -hmm. So that's that's his first. Yeah. Yeah. That's his first fucking downturn. Now, the first of several public fuck ups and head scratchers from the former clear eyes mascot came in 2014 after the death of Michael Brown. If you remember Michael Brown, he was an unarmed black teen who was shot and killed by police in Ferguson, Missouri. Ben Stein appeared on Newsmax, a right-wing media outlet, to discuss the situation because who's more qualified to discuss police brutality and race relations than a former game show host whose background is based in economics? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You better get I, that guy. I,
1: I, I quite literally can't think of one person that's and more
0: like, I, You know, again, I, I want to stay away from stereotypes, but Ben Stein, to me, looks like the perfect example of a guy that's scared of black people.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> to this day it's just like, "Oh, Jesus." And you know, so Stein claimed that the killing was completely justified because Brown's size alone could have been considered dangerous, which essentially is saying that just being a big black guy is the same thing as being armed and it justified the deadly force that was used against him. Stein was blasted by the more liberal-leaning media like CNN and, as far as I know, was never asked back on any of those news shows besides those featured on Newsmax or Fox News. And even Fox News has kind of stepped aside from because mm-hmm. Newsmax is like anything goes kind of shit. Uh, Fox News, you know, it's like they obviously have an agenda. Most uh, all media companies do. Let's course, just get that out there. Everybody. Be- Everybody, Every,
1: everybody has an agenda. We know clear you eyes. Know, yeah, we know. Yeah, man, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, clear eyes, clear my real eyes, clear that, eyes. That yeah. beach ball had an agenda. Yeah, to, to be white. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Yeah. You handed it to Ben Stein. Ben Stein makes it white. Exactly. But so that, that was the first one. Uh, he also had similar opinions on the Trayvon Martin killing of 2012, like where he's basically just like, yeah, I can totally see why, uh, this guy would be freaked out by this black kid and kill him. And I mean, why the fuck? So after the Michael Brown statement, several other interview clips began to surface of Stein expressing what many would consider to be extreme right-wing views and racist views. Uh, he said that Obama was the most racist president we had, uh, Uh, Saying that he kind of pushed this agenda of convincing the black community in America that like to be self-defeating and, you know, own their own victimhood uh, in an attempt to get more welfare. I mean, just like standard racist shit. You know, he also claimed that the concept of a systemic racism is a myth perpetuated by the liberal media for profit. Uh, he says that America is a racial dictatorship. Like all this shit's coming out of Ben Stein, who everyone just knew as the clear eyes guy. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like he, Bueller, Bueller. And word like, yeah. you know, like I'm just like yeah, picture, yeah. like you know, so so this is coming as a shock to a lot of people that when you would see him on the news, you're like, Oh, it's fucking Ben Stein yeah, from yeah, yeah. Uh, like all this shit. And then he starts like espousing all this crazy shit. So now uninvited to the economics discussion table on major news outlets, Ben doubled down and began solely commenting on issues dealing with race, abortion, which shocker he's against, uh, and other topics that right wing media eats up. He even appeared on the 700 club to promote a documentary that he claims disproves Darwinism, uh, not to mention he has his own YouTube show, which he f- films in the lobby of the Beverly Hills hotel, seemingly unbeknownst to them, where he waxes poetic about his political philosophies, mm-hmm. his Beverly Hills hotel show. Obviously, no one knows he's doing it. It's obviously filmed with his phone or a laptop. Where he's sitting by the fireplace in their lobby. He's like, "I'm just here at the Beverly Hills Hotel." And you know what's pissing me off lately?
1: Blacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is and, uh, too just to a, just to a, like uh, retouch. But also,
0: I gotta say, if, if you're gonna like talk shit publicly about minorities, the
1: Beverly Hills Hotel, you're, it's probably a safe uh, place to do that's it. The, that's that's where you go. yeah. yeah. yeah what do you like, think everybody else in the lobby is doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Also, too, to really just show this unfolding of character... Uh, That has evolved throughout his life to touch On again like you said he Originally kind of started off as a uh, Doctor of law for um, Poverty and uh, Minority rights and I believe you said He He was a civil rights protester Yeah Yeah. exactly that's crazy
0: Yeah and it comes full circle to where it's Like well you just I guess you just age out Of it and like maybe it has to do with Mm -hmm. The more money he had maybe it has to do with Just his political party loyalty Where the objectives Of the party that he was so loyal to in the 60s have changed and he's just following suit with Mm. whatever who knows but it it gets really extreme like one of his craziest youtube videos that went super viral was him in his kitchen uh he's like i'm here in my kitchen making breakfast for dinner and i have a bottle of aunt jemima and he's like but there's no black woman on the bottle and i miss the days Where there'd be an African American woman on the bottle of my syrup. What's the problem with an African American woman who's great at making pancakes? Uh-huh. And no, and he... it's like, bro. So I read this book called Understanding Jim Crow. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a kind of the history of racist memorabilia and like iconography and you know like advertising and all that stuff in America. And yeah, it, like Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben. These are just taken straight from slave days.
1: Well, yeah, they were actually. Uh, I don't want to step on your foot if you're about no. to say this. I Anyways, but, yeah, weren't they introduced in Chicago originally as former slaves who missed cooking for, like, their, their white... Uh... Oh, I'm sure they missed it, yeah. yeah. They, they... Well, that's that's how they were introduced yeah. to the public. And people were like, wow, I want to buy that syrup. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> just like granddaddy <laughs> used to eat. <laughs> yeah. What? All right. It's fucking awful. And also, like, just, uh, just to say, too, like, imagine, like, uh, I, I just can't even see, like... Caring about something, like, even if it wasn't from, like, a, a racial perspective, if it was just, like, a completely random mascot that just happened to be black or, so- black or something, imagine caring about something so minute as just being like, I missed the black Yeah, no, my kids. syrup's Yeah, 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 yeah. I miss the black chick <laughs> on the syrup bottle.
0: Damn it. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's out of control. Uh, he also claimed um, later that... Um, Trump had his presidency stolen from him the same way that Nixon did. Uh, it's like, no, Nixon was like on tape definitely fucking like, influencing this break-in and espionage and all that. It's totally different and backwards, but it's this political party loyalty. Now, we understand that some of these things are... Maybe only bad in the eye of the beholder, uh, as much as it pains me to say it, Uh, your political leanings will dictate your opinion on some of Ben Stein's public exploits. And we get that. But if you agree with him on the race stuff, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Known. race you can say, oh, well, Trump had his presidency stolen from Nixon. One thing I Mm. get it. One. That's one thing. But. Answer my Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, totally Mm. different fucking things. Of course. Uh, But one thing that we can all agree upon is that sexual harassment is pretty fucked up, and he's got a pretty decent track record of that as well. So in 2014, besides the Michael Brown comments, Ben also made some very unwanted advances towards 24-year-old Tanya Ma. Ma and Stein met at the San Francisco airport. At the time, Tanya Ma was an escort and aspiring writer. Ben expressed interest in reading her blog, and her realizing his celebrity and influence gave him her contact info. The conversations they had over the following months led to Stein inviting Ma to Los Angeles, where he would put her up in a hotel near his home. Initially, she felt this was to discuss her writing career, but quickly the conversation turned from professional to personal, and Ben began requesting sexually explicit photographs from Ma, despite the fact that she was severely pregnant at the time and very outwardly uninterested. (laughs) She explained to him that she was only interested in a professional and friendly relationship. Ben expressed his disappointment in a slew of bizarre texts that later turned into lengthy blog posts on his website, where he told his side of the story, which by that time had become public knowledge, after Ma contacted several reporters to tell her side. Dude, wild. She says uh, to him in one of the texts something along the lines of like I mean yeah you can give me a hug and like touch the baby bump but like I'm really not interested in anything sexual and he goes I'm just talking about hugging and kissing I'm not talking about fucking you dude he's but, like that like
1: yeah pseudo psychopathic b- behavior yeah and it's like, like whoa yeah it's yeah. like wait
0: hold on no one was dropping f-bombs here Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, you just brought that shit out and uh, then he go on uh, on his website he's like you know there's a difference between hugging and kissing and fucking and I think young women nowadays don't realize that
1: mm-hmm. and it's like
0: Ben Stein you're Ben Stein yeah, you're not yeah. Brad Pitt, you're not fucking. Yeah. You're not Sean Connery.
1: You're just this nerd. Yeah. Well, he did write for Penthouse. So <laughs> he, I think he knows a thing or two about. He missed his chance to get fucking yeah. unwavering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He missed it.
0: Yeah. Uh, And it's not the uh, this isn't the only time Uh, he published an essay where he claimed that he did nothing wrong and he just falls in love with every beautiful woman that he sees. (laughs) Um, But the text that he sent to Tanya Ma, they show a very different side of Ben Stein. That side is of a total creep. There is several other women that have come forward in recent years. Uh, That's kind of the new thing about Ben Stein. But as of 2023, Stein is still writing for right-wing publications and publishing books. He still makes public appearances for lectures, although those are few and far between, and he produces documentaries, most of which have either a religious or political slant to them. Uh, just in case you want Ben Stein to come speak at your bar mitzvah or something, it's uh, thirty grand. Uh, that's his speaking fee. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that's young it. Americans really rep him. That's like
1: a, a y- like young Republicans like mm. like they they really like him. A mere pocket change to have Ben Spine Ben that, Stein talk. Yeah, yeah, it's like I want to win that money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, where the where the hell was that back in the nineties? Yeah. <laughs> He probably had more, dude.
0: I know, yeah. But I don't know, man. He's eating lunch every day at Beverly Hills Hotel and sitting by the fireplace talking about how black people are evil. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But what does it all mean, folks? What does all of this mean? Well, I guess it means that the fame machine is weird. Sometimes the most random people get thrust into the spotlight and you never know how it's going to turn out. The problem with making people famous for being themselves without actually being themselves is eventually their true self will shine through the cracks. While some of the scandals surrounding Ben Stein are subjective, a lot of it is absolutely deserved. And we don't necessarily take sides here on Culture Dumps when it comes to politics because it's not our thing. But one thing is for sure, right wing or left wing, conservative or liberal, a jackass is a jackass is a jackass. And that's what it means to me. Well said. And that's Ben Stein, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, god damn, I'm so glad to done, be done with that one. I can't yeah. wait for you to, Like, <laughs> yeah, last yeah. week, I was doing brats, and yeah, now I'm yeah. fucking talking about fucking Clear Eyes guy. Right, well, you gotta
1: eat your meat before you can have your pudding. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> that
0: sounds like something Ben Stein would text to it like a chick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know text, you need to
1: have your meat before you have the pudding. Text it, yeah, to the pregnant chick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I actually, so, uh, like, in preparation for this, I... I listened to an episode of his podcast, "The World According to Ben Stein." Why would I plug it? Yeah. <laughs> why, why would I do that? Why would hey, I? Plug hey, it? hey, inquiring yeah. minds need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, not not of course getting political or taking sides either way. I just wanted to uh, read off a couple of the podcast. Uh, oh, please, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so one, we got an episode uh, "Where Are the Other 160 Hostage?" Uh, Hamas, give them back or whatever. God. Um, Let's see. Uh, you can't talk sanity with the insane. The left has always been the same. When people say they want uh, to kill you, believe them. Uh, when you rape, uh, murder, and behead fourteen Jews, you don't. Dot dot dot. Uh, he he has a lo- <laughs> just. I mean, he's got a lot to, to say. say. He has a lot to say about um, uh, the whole uh, Gaza. Going, well, of like, course, uh, yeah. I mean, of course. And, and who doesn't? You know I mean? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That we're silent for five more minutes. Yeah. yeah I'm
0: just like, and uh, yeah. And also okay. all that shit's super fucked up. So fucked up. In fact, that I don't, I mean, I feel like uh, the same thing to do is if you're not like super plugged into that, just fucking watch and mm-hmm. pray and, and think good thoughts, but you don't need to put your shit out there. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, shut no, your, like you're not changing anyone's mind. First of all, no one's mind has ever been changed
1: by an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. I think a lot of times too, especially like politics and stuff. Cause I'm like, I'm so stupid when it comes to all that Same. stuff. I, yeah, I thing. just don't know what I'm talking to. A lot of times the best thing you can do is just shut your mouth and open your ears. Like, yeah. And just, and, and just talk shit
0: on Ben Stein.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What is, when it's about Ben Stein, I'll you tell you what that though. Flapper, baby. I'll
0: tell you what though When I am too high To go into a public place <laughs> I reach for clear eyes oh,
1: there And that's you go. a free plug But I
0: will say this yeah, I, I will guy. also say this While Ben Stein did rep clear eyes And burn the idea that clear eyes Makes your eyes white in my head Rotos are the best eyes Yeah dreams. I'm a
1: roto guy for sure Rotos are
0: like bleach mm, For your yeah. fucking eyes like, <laughs> yeah. like not only do they make your eyes white But they sober you up a bit It's like smoking oh, yeah. a fucking Newport Through your eye <laughs> Yeah yeah It's out of control
1: uh, So James you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah. I mean, you already mentioned it, but, um, I have another podcast with, uh, two other of my wonderful friends, uh, Eric and Rebecca. Uh, it's called stay in school. You can find that anywhere. Right. Uh, right. Other than that, not nothing. I do some, uh, jokes here and there on my Instagram. If you want to catch me there, it's jamboozle J A M B O U Z L E. And this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so guys,
0: you know, I, we still got some. Uh, I mean, we're, we're never gonna not sell them as long as you guys want them. But uh, we're selling the Woodstock '99 Mystery Tape USB drives. It comes with the Mystery Tape in its entirety, along with the complete first Woodstock '99 live show video, uh, digitized poster, commentary track. With that, you're on. Mm-hmm. James is actually yeah. on the commentary track, and you can only get that commentary track if you get the USB drive. That's not available on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have we also still have a few just a very small few in a couple sizes the Anna Nicole inspired culture dump shirts so be sure you check out um, cult you know bi- patreon.com culture dumps culture dumps. have a great and safe holiday season we love you guys we can't wait to bring back more in the coming year of our Lord 2024 it's going to be a big year for dumps I'm back in it we got some really heavy hitters coming Thank you so much. I've been joined by James Ford. I'm Ryan Licton. Keep on dumping.